The Suncor oil refinery, as we see up here on our slide, is actually a refinery just north of Denver, Colorado. I remember as a child going by this refinery any number of times as I grew up in the Mile High City. I was fascinated, as most little boys would be, with all of the pipes and pumps and gadgets and widgets and switches, everything associated with this massive oil refinery. It reminded me, reminded me of my Tinker Toy set when I was just a little child growing up in Denver, Colorado. Many of you remember Tinker Toys. Tinker Toys actually might look good, but they never really accomplish a lot, right? They're just pieces of wood. But an oil refinery, in contrast to Tinker Toys, actually does something, right? An oil refinery takes crude oil, right, crude oil, and it refines it into gasoline or jet oil or liquefied petroleum or kerosene or any number of other oil products. There is, though, as you know, as you know, There is another kind of crude oil, right? Gunky, gooey, slimy, grimy, crude oil. You know what I'm talking about. The kind of crude oil, the gunky, gooey, slimy, grimy junk in your heart. A pandemic brings out the best in us. A pandemic also brings out the worst in us. I hate what I see happening in my heart due to this COVID-19 pandemic. It's all ugly and stinky and miry and and, and mucky. So here we are spending a lot of time indoors, overcome with cabin fever, getting mad about cabin fever, and then we get mad at everyone else in our home. Oh, it gets so ugly, doesn't it? Or or here we are, we're not used to seeing the stock market go up and down and all around, and so we self-medicate with too much food or too much alcohol, stinky and smelly stuff. Or or here we are, shelter in place feeling isolated and alone, and we see this black sludge just rise up in our hearts, and we start getting anxious, and we start reliving all the regrets in our lives, and we start getting depressed. So where do you go when your heart needs to be refined and purified? Where do you go when you have all this gunk and goo just sticking all over your life? You go to the book of Zechariah. Your kingdom come. That's what we're calling this sermon series during 
these days of Lent, these unprecedented days of Lent, we find ourselves in the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. Your kingdom come. And Zechariah tells us today through this marvelous promise in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1, that God's kingdom comes as a refinery to take all of the sludge and slime of our hearts and refine it and purify it and make us whole and make us clean. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1, one of the pivots of the whole book. So we want to look at this verse under five different questions. What, why, where, how, and when. Get it? What, why, where, how, and we'll conclude with the question, when? So here we go. What? What? On that day, the prophet Zechariah famously writes, a fountain will be opened. It's a fountain of water. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 8 tells us it's a fountain of living water. Living water. Living water, though. Zechariah 14, 8, commentaring on 13.1, living water, though, implies that there's something called dead water. Dead water. Dead water is filling the land. Dead water <laughs> is coming up to our neck. Dead water is COVID-19 creating all kinds of doom and gloom, doubt and depression. Dead water is taking us down dark paths with dead ends. Dead water. In the midst of this barren pandemic, Zechariah offers a fountain of living water. Life-giving water, thirst-quenching, cleansing water. Three of the key words I have highlighted for us will be opened. Will be opened. Let's dig down a little bit more as we rejoice in this Awesome fountain of living water. The first word, of course, is will. Will. In this case, will means something in the future, right? It's a future tense verb. It's just right around the corner. It's on the horizon. I I can see it coming. Will. (laughs) From Zachariah's standpoint, he's looking into the future. This will happen. Wait a minute, you say. What was wrong with all the animal sacrifices in Zechariah's day? What was wrong with with all of the, the peace offerings and fellowship offerings and guilt offerings and atonement offerings? What was wrong with the blood of bulls and lambs, goats and rams? Answer? Nothing. Nothing was wrong with Old Testament sacrifices. Old Testament sacrifices cleansed and purified and delivered forgiveness. But Zechariah says there's something better on the horizon, right around the corner. Uh, This fountain will, will, it's coming. And this fountain is a greater forgiveness 
a, a greater purification, a greater cleansing. Will. It's coming, and it will be so much better. Uh, the next word here is be, right? Will be open, right? A fountain will be open. So will means it's coming, it's coming. Be means it's passive. A be in this context means it's a passive verb. It means you can't open the fountain. I can't open the fountain. Any government bailout isn't going to open the fountain of hope and cleansing. (laughs) It might pat our pocket a little bit. But the government can't open up life and hope and joy. No, will future be passive, passive. It's called a divine passive. You say divine passive, what's that? It means God is the one, the only one, who has the authority and power to open a fountain like this. Will, it's future, from Zechariah's Old Testament standpoint, be, it's passive. God does all the work. And then this third word, open, open. Isn't that a great word? During shelter in place, everything's closed. Everything's closed. So how do you feel when you want to go to just any Don Hall's restaurant, right? They're all closed. Uh, What's it feel like when you have a hankering, right, for Captain Crunch and and everything's closed? Or you just want, oh boy, you need liquid Drano (laughs) and everything's closed. How's that feel? (laughs) We know exactly how that feels. Will be opened, open. There's our word. This fountain is open 24-7, 365. (laughs) What? That's our first question. A fountain, a fountain of living, life-giving water will be open. Next question. Why? Why? Oh, well, let me get at it this way. Fast forward to August 2nd, 2020. It's hot. It's humid. Saturday afternoon, you're working in the yard, trimming, mowing, cutting, refining. You get all sweaty and dirty and slimy and grimy. And then you remember, you've got a wedding to attend at 4 o'clock. It's just 3 o'clock, so what do you do? You, you race into your house, uh, you, you change your clothes, and you put on your wedding clothes, and then you go out to a wedding. What? Hold on. Wait a minute. What did you forget? You forgot to take a shower. <laughs> no one, no one, right, gets all sweaty and dirty, and then just put on their Sunday best and goes to a wedding. No one does that. No one's going to forego a shower. No one in their right mind would just put on really nice clothes when they're all sweaty and gunky and gooey and ugly. No one does that. 
except you. You do that. I do that. In fact, the whole human race does that, uh, standing uh, dirty and defiled in front of a holy, righteous God. But do you want to know there's something far worse than that? The fact is that because we all stink to high, holy heaven, spiritually speaking, we don't pick it up. Because everyone stinks, we don't think we stink. (laughs) So some go weeks, months, a lifetime without spiritual cleansing. Others think they can cover it up by any amount of good deeds or good works or righteous acts. What? A fountain of living water will be open. Why? Why? (laughs) Because we are spiritually full of sludge and slime. How stinky do we get? Check it out. It's called the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins were canonized by Pope Gregory of the Roman Catholic Church in 590 A.D. Seven deadly sins show us how putrid and polluted we are in the eyes of God. Lust. I want what I want, and I want it right now. Envy, I want what you have and I want it right now. Greed, I want more of what I have and I want it right now. Sloth, I don't want to do a darn thing and I'm not going to do a darn thing right now. Wrath, I am so ticked off and frustrated and full of anger that I'm going to pour it all out on you right now. Pride. I'm better than you. I'm richer than you. I'm younger than you. I'm older than you. Right now, gluttony. I want what I want, and I'm going to indulge myself on what I want, and I'm going to do it right now. We invite these seven deadly sins into our hearts and into our homes (laughs) through binge watching. At least it's one way. These seven deadly sins come into our hearts and our homes. How smart is that? Let's just binge in front of the tube for hours on end and invite all of the crud into our hearts and homes. You know what binge watching is, right? (laughs) It's string together a series of TV shows one episode after another. For hours on end, Uh, researchers at the University of Texas have told us, and this is pre-COVID-19 statistics, obviously, but these researchers at the University of Texas have told us that that binge-watching increases 
people's self-loathing, their depression, their obesity, and their inability to make cognitive, smart decisions. So I know about you, but watching 50 episodes of Gilligan's Island probably isn't very edifying during days like these days. What? A fountain will be opened. Why? (laughs) The seven deadly sins of sludge and slime. Next, where? Where is this fountain? Zechariah helps us in chapter 12, verse 10. They will look upon me, God is speaking here, me, whom they have pierced. You say, really? God pierced? God pierced with a spear? God pierced with a razor-sharp tip of a spear? Yes. And where God is pierced with a spear, that's where the fountain flows. (laughs) Where, finally? Calvary. Calvary. Where famously, only John picks this up of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Famously, John tells us that a Roman soldier, while Christ is already dead, takes a spear and thrusts it through our Savior's side. And John 19, verse 34, there is a sudden flow of blood and, this is what John wants us to know, a sudden flow of blood and Water, there, there is Zachariah's fountain of living water. Gushing water flowing out of the side of the Savior who's been blistered and burned. A river of life flowing from the one who cried out, I thirst, how ironic. A rushing river of life coming from the one who takes all of the slime and crud of humanity and is cursed and forsaken by the Father. And he does it all for you. Where? Calvary. How? How? That's a good question. How? How does this open, flowing fountain of living water come finally into my heart, my life. Two words, two words. How's it happen? Holy baptism. This painting of baptism is a compelling portrait of how God takes the Water flowing from the Savior's side and funnels and channels that into all of my muck and mire. Look at You can see if you look closely that at the top there, there's a faint symbol of a dove. Which, which obviously 
symbolizes the Spirit, the Lord and giver of life flooding into your life and mine. There's the Spirit, and there's the cleansing water. (laughs) And it's funneled right into my dark heart. And you can see the surrounding colors of blue and green and red, signifying life and vibrancy. Uh, Holy baptism delivers everything Jesus won for us through his cross and crucifixion. Holy baptism delivers the truth that guilt is gone and shame is fleeing and hell has been vanquished. Holy baptism empowers us to hear the words of Jesus again who calls us home into his loving embrace creating in us clean hearts. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. This gift of holy baptism It won't do us any good if we think of this picture and this part of the sermon and think, boy, my wife and my children, they really need that water. (laughs) Boy, my next door neighbor, he really needs this water. My boss, my boss who has fired me or furloughed me, he really needs this water. Me, not so much. (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty good. I coach Little League, I vote. Those are stories of lost people. Don't become one of them. So we've answered four of our five questions, right? What? We know the what is. Why? Seven deadly sins. Where, Calvary, how, it comes to us when we are humble and we're allowing the river of life to flow through us. But what's the question we've missed? When? Right, when? Uh, When does the river flow? Uh, When am I purified? When am I forgiven? When am I made whole? Uh, When does all of this come to me? Because Jesus is real and loves you so very, very, very much. The gushing, living water of life comes to you when? Right now. 